Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Haug, founder of the international online coaching business, Team Ange. I'm an expert in building muscle and losing fat, a natural figure and fitness pro athlete with the UFE, and a lover of everything personal development. I'm a mom, a businesswoman. Most days, I just feel like a hot mess trying to keep it all together. I spent the first two decades of my life overweight, tired, hating vegetables, and living off Pepsi. I got sick and tired of feeling tired every day and decided to transform my life. This fitness and nutrition podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering listeners on all things training, nutrition, and personal development. I'm on a mission to help you improve your body, achieve your goals, live a confident and fulfilled life stepping into your full potential. So let's help you transform physically and mentally to a person that's been hiding underneath all along. Let's do it. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode. I have an amazing guest by the name of Jasmine Parks who is joining me. And we had an opportunity to really talk about breaking through the limited self thinking and self-sabotage that is holding you back from achieving greatness. Jasmine used to be a competitive athlete and she's now transitioned into a sustainable lifestyle. So we talk all about that. Jasmine's certified in exercise nutrition, a personal trainer, a fitness nutrition specialist, and has studied and been in the field of human behavior for over 12 years. She's a body transformation and mindset success coach and also the owner of Apex Physiques. Jasmine resigned from her 12-year government career to follow her passion of helping others reach their own physical, mental, and emotional transformations. Jasmine herself has overcome a lot of personal, mental, and emotional struggles to achieve her own external and internal transformation. From overcoming binge eating, being bullied at school, self-bullying, social and general anxiety. Jasmine has really been through quite a bit and she shares a lot of that in today's conversation. Jasmine brings a unique coaching approach with her collaboration of both her passions of nutrition, training, and the understanding of human behavior. She helps people identify and problem solve the barriers that are holding them back from really getting what they desire in life. She uses a holistic approach when it comes to helping people and that really is based around four main pillars of wellness, which we're going to get into in today's conversation. Let's get into it, guys. Enjoy. All right. So, hey, Jasmine, welcome to the podcast. It's amazing to have you here. How are you doing? Hey, girl. Thanks so much. I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty darn good. How are you? I'm doing good. Now, I I was creeping your Instagram, and I saw that you went to Pays to be Brave recently. I would love to hear about that experience and what compelled you to go and participate in something like that. Yeah, it was uh, something very new to me. Um, You know what? To be honest, when I decided to go, I really wasn't sure what to make of it because I was like, wow, 500 female entrepreneurs. I'm like, what kind of trouble are we going to get into? Because I mean, with that many fiery, inspired, passionate women, um, was it going to be overwhelming because of all the energy? Um, was I going to come out going, what is life? (laughs) I really wasn't sure what it was going to be like, but to be honest, I think after that three day event, seeing a lot of boss babes, like just owning their passion, owning their life and, um, you know, seeing the women, not just on stage, but in the audience, really realizing we are all after the same thing. And that's pure happiness and just living our purpose and, you know, breaking limitations and, you know, some beliefs that we have that keep us from, you know, living the life that we want and walking away being like, wow, we all want the same thing at the end of the day. And we all struggle with a lot of the same stuff. And it was just really nice to feel inspired by that, but empowered by it at the same time and just walk away with like literally hundreds of new friends, you know, knowing that you have a community and um, it's still, I'm still taking it in, to be honest, it's been two weeks and I'm still like, I'm still taking it in and digesting and taking what I need from it and leaving the rest, you know, not to feel so overwhelmed, but no, amazing, amazing, amazing. 
like no, like no other experience. So I can't wait to do it again. I love it. I love it. And I can just tell by the look on your face and the joy <laughs> in your voice that the life that you are living right now sounds very fulfilling and just completely fantastic. Now, I believe that we probably haven't always been here. I probably mm. believe that maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago that this was a very different woman that was living a very different life. So let's just take our audience back there. Where were you 15 years ago and what was life like? Yeah, completely different, completely different. Uh, but you know what? I'm, I'm the same girl just showing up more as myself. Um, 15 years ago was really dark for me. Uh, I was trapped in a body that I didn't like and in a mindset that was literally like prison for me. It really, really was. Um, I was on the search of that something more and I didn't know what it was. So for me, I naturally gravitated towards, you know, the external things because those are easy to measure and they, you can, you know, you can change things externally and, uh, see changes a little bit more apparent than you can with like, how do you get happiness? How do you measure happiness? How do you measure success? And I didn't know what I was after. I just knew I wasn't happy. And so, um, I found a lot of my coping and, um, my safe haven was going to the gym and, um, you know, I was, I was overweight. I woke up every day, not liking myself, a lot of self-bullying, a lot of negative self-talk, um, emotional eating, which turned into binge eating, isolating myself and, you know, really not knowing what the kind of chaos was going on in my, in my mind and in my heart. I knew consciously what I wanted, but subconsciously it was giving me the complete opposite. So I was in a lot of internal turmoil. Um, so I'm not sure how deep you want to go or how service level you want to stay, but I'm willing to answer any questions that you have about that particular journey and kind of how it's manifested to where I am now. Mm -hmm. What were the beliefs about yourself at that point, Jasmine, that really held you back? So I found for me, I needed validation from other people. Like I thrived off of that, which in part of us, that's normal. Uh, but when you put all of your self-worth into other people, um, that's when it really starts to hold you back. Like I was in relationships that I didn't even want to be in. I was always trying to feel like I had to prove myself, like, you know, for people to stick around in my life. Like, I am a good person. I am valuable. I am worth it. Uh, I put a lot of my goals were around it, uh, around it, you know, having that approval from other people. Um, so nothing felt like a big deal to me unless it was validated through other people. Like, you know, transforming my body, it's still something I'm learning to accept and be like, holy crap. Like, I'm pretty stinking amazing. Um, because I put a lot of, you know, the worthiness of like, wow, I achieved that in other people. Like if they made a big deal about it, then okay, it was a big deal. Um, you know, school, same thing. Um, you know, just, just the simple things that really should have been about me should have been driven from me, but was really about other people. Um, I wasn't enough, you know, I, I, a lot of the, I'm to this, I'm to that. And, you know, having to shrink up rather than showing who I was, you know, I was always told that I'm loud and intense and, um, very passionate, very strong willed. And so, you know, for me, I love making people laugh. If I can't make them laugh, then it means like I'm being too much for them. So I kind of shrink up and hide and come back down. And I'm like, this is something new that I'm actually learning to lean into is like, no, I was born with these characteristics and these qualities to be a leader and not everyone's going to like me and I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And that's okay because those people need to find their people and I'm going to find mine. And so, yeah, just a lot of stuff that I put on to everybody else to get validation and to feel like, you know what, I'm worthy. My life is worthy. I can do this, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that goals that other people had for you or mm. the ways in which you searched for that Jasmine. So what were some of those goals that you chased after that involved other people or that helped provide you with that kind of validation? A lot of it was like, for me, it wasn't necessarily they set the goals for me, but I, 
um, set goals that I thought, okay, well, I'll get confirmation that I'm doing a good job if I achieve, you know, good grades or competing or losing weight. Um, even like the simplest things of like choosing my clothes, like, well, will this person like it? Will that person like it? You know, will I get a compliment for this? Will I be accepted? You know, um, so just a lot of giving out my power to other people rather than being like, no, I'm proud of myself. No, I like this. Like, no, I'm making this choice because I actually want to. So those, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Then when did the switch go off or what happened that took you from that place to where you are now? Well, it was definitely a process mm-hmm. <laughs> and one that's still evolving. That's for sure. Um, for me, I would probably say, cause I think there's a lot of turning points. Um, you kind of get to those tipping points where you, you know, next level, next level, or you slide backwards and you got to pick yourself up and keep going. But I would say the biggest turning point was probably, I'm going to say five or six years ago where I was done competing and it wasn't because of competing that I got into this dark place at all. It was just kind of like something had happened where it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And so it manifested into me coping with food. And I was the kind of person that always showed up at work on time, didn't have sick days, very motivated, you know, going to the gym, hanging out with my friends. And I noticed that I was starting to lose interest and I wasn't showing up as myself. And it came to the point where I was missing a couple of days at work. And then it was where I was calling in saying, you know, I have to deal with something. I need a week off and then two weeks off. And it perpetuated into complete isolation in my place in Toronto by myself. Nobody knew anything that was going on. And just literally every day, binge eating, binge eating, binge eating. And I knew it was coming. And it was like, I wake up and I knew 11 o'clock was my time, 11 a.m. After 11 a.m., it was all downhill from there. And I wouldn't leave my apartment unless I was going to the store to get food or I was getting food delivered to my house or I was going to the grocery store to get food. And I remember there there was a point, I think it was a week, that I had isolated myself. And I'm like, I need to get myself out of this hell. How am I going to do this? I don't want to tell anybody because I just literally competed, got tons of praise for this. And I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be ridiculed. I don't want to actually hear anything. I just need to pick myself up and figure this out. So I found myself a psychotherapist and I found myself uh, a group therapy through this place in Toronto called Sheena's Place, which was free group counseling. Nobody knew what I was doing. So I just literally fully immersed and surrendered and I'm like, no, I want better for myself. So I did uh, therapy for eight months and I did um, group counseling for about three months to the place where I felt confident in my skills that I'm like, I, I think I got this. And so that was kind of like my breaking point. I just completely surrendered. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though the transition with your relationship with food from the place of competing and being Mm -hmm. very strict and rigid to now into a place of sustainability. Do you feel as though there was some key components to that transition for you, Jasmine, whether that was ways in which you were approaching your decisions to food or ways in which you were setting up your week for success or what were the stepping stones from that rigid competition lifestyle to then Mm -hmm. where you're at now? Yeah, like I, I know for me, like uh, looking back into my childhood, like I always coped with food. I just didn't, it was normal to me. Um, with my competing, to be honest, like I, I can't give, I can't blame competing at all. I had an amazing experience. I really, really did. Um, my thing was coping with food way before competing, way, way, way before. And it was, it wasn't that I, it was the self-awareness that allowed me to start making better choices, to tune into my mindset, to understand what the difference between emotional and physical hunger was, to better my relationship with food, you know, not having food categories and lists of bad food versus good food, um, not using words like cheat, you know, cheat, uh, cheat meals or refeeds or anything. I completely 
normalized and neutralized my language with food. Um, I started looking at ways to enjoy my food better. Um, not you know, reserving foods for special occasions. Um, looking at like how I can incorporate more normalcy into my life with my eating and things like that. And so over time, I mean, mindful eating is great. Intuitive eating is great. But if you don't have self-awareness, how do you be mindful? How do you do and how do you eat intuitively? If your body and your mind are completely severed and there's no communication, how do you set yourself up for such an advanced skill set? How do you trust yourself? Mm-hmm. So it's been definitely, definitely a process. Um, but um, it's been a great process because it's a lot of trial and error and a lot of figuring it out. There's it's, you know, it's still, it's still imperfect, but you know, I've, I've developed my own type of, way that I eat that feels good for me and for my body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a client or a listener who's listening to this podcast, who's in that same spot that you were in your apartment in Toronto. What is the first step? Ask for help. Mm -hmm. Surrendering, right? Surrender. Yeah. You just kind of have to get to that point where you're like, I cannot heal something emotional with a diet. It's impossible. It's the wrong tool. Mm-hmm. 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 So go and find somebody that can help you, whether it's like free group counseling, whether it's a friend or a therapist or whatever it is, just take that first step, whatever that looks and feels like for you, as long as it's in the right direction, telling somebody like, listen, I actually don't know what to do. I don't even know what to say. I just know something's not right. I don't feel good and I'm suffering right now. Can, can you help me or can you be there for me or something, just anything? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have the information for the people that you worked with directly, just in case people want that information? I don't have the psychotherapist that I, I worked with. Um, actually, I do. It just popped into my mind. Her name was Wendy Wine. Um, I think her email might be wendywine at gmail.com or she has a website. Uh, she's based off of Toronto in Toronto. And then uh, Sheena's place is where I got the group counseling in Toronto. At that time, uh, they had free group counseling once a week. Um, and I know they have seasonal um, events going on where they also have yoga, they have art therapy, they have music therapy. Uh, and it is this beautiful old home in Toronto. And they're they're amazing there. So definitely reach reach out to them because they will guide you to the right people as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing. Thank you, Jasmine. Yeah. So I know a lot of people who compete are attached mm-hmm. to a goal, right? They're mm-hmm. attached to either a number or a look. How do we shift from hitting that number on the scale to creating goals or creating progress that is not associated with what's going on externally or not what's going on with what we weigh? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. And this is going to look a little bit different for every single person, depending on where they are on their journey. Because a lot of the times, like if you are competing for a reason outside of like, hey, I actually love this. Like I have a good head on my shoulders. I feel mentally and emotionally strong. Then you're going to be looking at a lot of beliefs and fears. It's Looking to merge from one diet approach to another diet approach is going to be hard when you haven't changed anything mentally or emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be the first stepping point is like looking like, why am I doing this? What is it for? What is the driving force? And a lot of the times we don't know how to identify ourselves outside of a number, outside of a look. And so when we try to transition from that identity, that can be really scary, Because you literally have to shed somebody that you've known for so long and everyone thinks it's just that easy. It's not. It's like you're losing a lot of things. You're like, who am I without a diet? Who am I without this strict routine? What, who am I without always chasing a body type or a scale weight? You know, it's like, how do I know who I am or what I want without those external tangibles? Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of looking within And I know this might sound really woo-woo and people just are like, whatever, trust me. I have transformed my body about a bazillion times. I have kept off my 70 pounds for over 10 years. 
I have done all the personal development. I put myself in therapy. I continue to have somebody support me for my mental and emotional fitness. I, if there's something that I'm telling you and you keep coming up to that same roadblock every month, every year, and you find yourself using the same coping mechanism, it is not the right coping tool for you. You need to look internally and see what's going on there for you. And I know it can be scary. And I know it can be yucky and it's really hard. But if you can just take the first step into leaning to what it is that you actually want instead of being driven by the fear of I'm not enough, I'm not good enough or any of that, then it's going to be worth it. The pain is worth it. You got to be able to encompass all of your feelings so that you can push through it. I know one of the big pieces of what you help people with is really Mm -hmm. helping them identify what those barriers are and identify what those roadblocks are. So I'm just wondering, what are the common things that you see for people? What are the roadblocks that get in their way from success? The biggest one, honestly, is they don't know that they don't know. A lot of the time we think that our problems is something that's right in front of our face and it's not. And, you know, that's why you tell people about mindset and the life coaching and they're like, oh, I don't need that. I just need that. I just need that diet, girl. Like, Give it to me. Like, and, and that's okay because everyone's where they need to be in their journey and no one needs to be judged for that. Um, typical limiting beliefs are the, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not perfect. Those sorts of things. I'll start when money is another big one, right? It's tied to a lot of self-worth and self-belief. Um, those are the common ones. And then those are derived from much deeper core issues. Probably, as we know, as a child, some ways, you know, shape or form, our beliefs have been molded by our parents, our cousins, our friends, something that happened at, at school when we were really young. And then it just grows and manifests with us. And if we don't stay on guard of our mindset, then we just keep accepting those because that's who we are. That's what I believe. And we never question it. We're like, wait a minute. Is that really true for me? Do I actually believe that? And usually when people start to question that and start to step out of their comfort zone, they hit that terrier barrier of who I want to be and who I think I am. And the conscious and the subconscious start battling each other. And that's why you feel that conflict. And that's why we get stuck because especially for women, like, we are so good in being in our head and analyzing why, 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 that sometimes we get stuck and wrapped up in the why. And what we need to be doing is getting, you know, the conscious stuff that we keep telling ourselves, like, I want to be in good shape. I want to be happy. I want that fit and lean body. I want to build my body. I want confidence. All right, well, we need to start conditioning some new beliefs. So we got to get rid of the old one so we can create a new one for you. So what are some of the tools we use then to, to create a new belief system? Well, first one, you've got to become really aware of the things that you're actually saying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that come in the form of like journaling or coming in the form of like affirmations or what have you seen success for? So one of the biggest ones that I usually get people to do is start journaling, like starting putting pen to paper. There's something super, super uh, therapeutic and cathartic about it where, cause we're so good in keeping our thoughts in our head. So I'm like pen to paper as soon as you can, like start journaling your thoughts. Where are your thoughts you know, and your focus and your time spent? Like, oh, I can't do this. Or I still have to do all of that. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. Why can she lose weight more faster than I can? Why can't I be consistent? Like a lot of the judging, the complaining, the victim mentality, and then capture that for a couple of days and go, oh, that's where I can't get to where I want to be because look at how I'm thinking. Look at all the negative self-talk. No wonder I self-sabotage because I don't even believe that I can. I can do this. I can have that. I am worthy of that. And when you start to discover all that stuff that's happening automatically, you increase your self-awareness. And when you increase your self-awareness, that's when you can do something about it. Before that, there's not much you can do. I mean, you can start saying all the affirmations and everything as you want, but if you don't feel it to your core, then it's never going to turn into a belief because a belief is ingrained from you with a thought and an emotion. You need that emotion because that is what drives action. That is what makes us step out of our comfort zone or it also makes us shrink up and hide and stay where we are it's the emotional piece that 
really dictates where it goes. So we self-awareness is the first one. Journaling is a really, really great one. Of course, meditation. So you can be still and hear your thoughts. I am, you know, that is something that I'm still working on because I, I don't know about you, but for me, I am like, I am always in my to-do list. I got a thousand things to do and just sitting in stillness and allowing my mind and my body to talk to each other. I'm still figuring that out because I spent years numbing and suppressing my feelings and only feeling the yucky feelings that I need to feel joy and excitement and happy happiness and get in tune with the good stuff so that I know when I'm like, Oh, this is what alignment feels like. This is what joy feels like. And you're like, I want more of that. That's the feeling that I want. Because like I said, if you're trying to transform your body, most of the time it's because we want to feel happy. We want self-confidence and we want self-worth. So what is going to drive that to get you there? So a lot of, a lot of self-awareness for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can totally relate to everything you're saying there. I, it, I've been on this aggressive path with goals for a long time. And then I got pregnant. I don't know, like my son's going to be three in December, but I got pregnant. And since he was born, it has been this constant reminder in the most beautiful way possible to just appreciate life. And like just the joy he has every single day, like every single time he sees a school bus, he is so freaking excited and has (laughs) to tell me. And there's like two reactions in that. Like, yes, he's told me about 50 school buses and I can either share in that joy and excitement and presence that he has, or I can be like, I know you love school buses, but you've told me about them 50 (laughs) times, right? Like, and, and he reminds me just of like, There's so many things in life that need to be appreciated and celebrated and they are beyond the to-do list and they're beyond the like grandeur plans for your life. It's like there's so many little moments in the day and I absolutely love that he brings that into me because I think without that reminder, I would fall victim to that quite often versus having that constant reminder and um I think it's tough sometimes when you're like a type A go-getter type of woman, right? It's like, oh yes, (laughs) it's it's tough. You want to just be still and lay on the couch and put your feet up, but that's not where your mind goes. Your mind goes, oh, putting my feet up. That means you're lazy. And it's like, well, no, you're not lazy. You're just like a normal person who deserves to be able to do that. But it can Uh, be, yeah, it can be tough just to do that. Yeah, 100% type A. I mean, oh my gosh, could I be any more addicted to the to the the being? Like I am queen at being. I'm sure you are too. Like, oh, own my day, crush it, do, 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 do. And then at the end of the day, you're like, crash and burn. Yes. So yeah, learning like what your, your son is teaching you is like being in those carefree moments. Be present is where the power is. Mm-hmm. If you want to change your future, be in the present. Your son, like he is embracing that carefree joy, bliss that we all get away from. I know. And so that's so beautiful that you're like, thank you for the reminder, son. I appreciate that because it's like, yeah, why don't like, no, I'm right here right now. Like he's so happy in the small simplistic things. And that's the thing too, is like, I'm sure as you know, like we think these grand, grandiose schemes for all this joy and bliss, it is the small little things every day. Yeah. And that's our true, that is our, when I see him, I'm like, that is our true nature. That is who we should be. We should be playful. We should be joyful. We should be like playing more. I think as adults, we like forget what, what it's like just to play and just to be in this place of being curious and creative and in this, I don't know, just it's a wonderful space. And when I stop and I just watch and appreciate it, it's like, that's what you need more of in your life. And and every time I escape and I have that playtime, I come back to work or come back to business stuff in such a good mindset. It's just so tough sometimes just to remember, remember yeah. that, right? Yeah, but that's, I think that's so right. We forget as adults how to be playful and like to laugh at ourselves. We're so uptight about everything. Yes. It's just like, relax, relax. But yeah, I love that, that you said that curiosity, because that is like how we grow too. Because as soon as we say, oh, we have a problem or I should be doing this. It's like, there's something wrong with this. It's like, no, I'm just getting curious about who I am. Yes. Like, yes. And that's the cool thing. Like you should know yourself the best. And if you don't, I would encourage you to get curious yeah. for sure. 
Absolutely. And and run with that feeling in your belly, right? Like sometimes we, like, let's say, for example, you're walking down the street, you see like some belly dancers or whatever, and you've never had an interest in it, but you see it and you're like, huh, that's kind of interesting, kind of cool. I think so often as adults, we're just, we put ourselves in this little bubble of not exploring that curiosity and not exploring because we start thinking like, oh, what would what would somebody think if I were to participate in that activity or tell mm-hmm. somebody about that activity? But I think like we have so many years ahead of us and I hope that we just kind of step outside of that zone of what we think we should be and we, we become who we really want to be right mm-hmm. no yeah it's like that that phrase or that word like unapologetically you yes yes yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. now I want to talk a little bit about self-sabotage why do sure. we why do we do it where does it come from what like why does this manifest and why, why yeah why is it that we do it why do we sabotage yeah. ourselves yeah everything stems from a belief I wish there was so much more magical information for you, but like thoughts and emotions create action. It's all thoughts and self-sabotage stems from usually things like I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I'm not deserving. Open to receiving. Oh my gosh, women, we are terrible at that. Like you look beautiful today. Oh, thank you. And and then we want to give a compliment back. We can't just take it and own it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of stuff comes down to, like I was saying before, I know this sounds really weird, but causation doesn't mean correlation. Like people have issues with money or other areas in their life that they're not satisfied. And guess what? It shows up in their body, on their body, actually, mm-hmm. because, you know, we're not happy. So let's numb out and use food or let's, um, let's punish ourselves with food, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, this is why a lot of, Disordered eating comes about, um, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of victim mentality, like not taking responsibility and understanding, like, can I just tell you how much power you have? But right now you're just putting it too much in the, you know, the powerless mode. You need to go to powerful. We need to take you out of this and move you over to how amazing you actually are. And I love, there's nothing more powerful than watching a person go, They see the click, they feel the click, and they're like, holy crap, I never knew I had this much power. And I'm like, nothing changed other than your perception. Mm -hmm. Nothing. It's all right there. Like, there are times where I could walk out the same door and see things completely different. But I've been walking out the same front door, you know, year after year, everything looks the same. But as soon as I change my perception, perhaps start thinking a different way, attaching some really good feelings you know, things start to look a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think yeah. it's a Do you think it's a protection mechanism? Hundred percent. I see this with women all the time, especially when losing weight. Like they've been, you know, maybe big for a long time, or they've put on weight to protect themselves. You know, maybe for some women, like they work in a male dominant industry and they get lots of compliments or they feel like they have to uh, man up in a sense Mm -hmm. to protect, you know, be like I to prove themselves. So instead of, you know, a way to cope is to put on size because then that manifests into something bigger. I can handle everything. Like I, you know, it's their armor for sure. Mm -hmm. Or if they're trying to get back to where they are naturally as their authentic self, but they have all of these, you know, limiting beliefs and all these fears and, you know, lack of self-worth and all of those sorts of things. They tend to cope with food. So they stay bigger. That's their comfort zone. They protect themselves. They're like, what if I become this smaller person? Will people love me? Who am I going to be? Can I handle this? So it's a way to protect as a shield. I know that all too well. And it is not physically heavy, it is mentally and emotionally heavy to carry around and feel like you are protecting yourself all the time. You're living in flight or fight response 24-7 for most of your life. And it's like, what would it feel like to take that off? What would it feel like for you to show up as your authentic self? What would your life be like if you just try to step into that life? So for sure, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like you go from being fully clothed into being naked and exposed, and that is scary as all hell for people, right? 
Oh yeah. And you don't want to look at yourself either because you yeah. don't know what's there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes too, when I find with a lot of my female clients, they'll start getting results and they'll self-sabotage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll stop themselves. Like I've had a client who every time she does her progress check-in, she's like, you know, I'm never going to, you know, break this plateau. I'm never going to push this. I'm never going to break that. Like meaning like push past the boundaries, but she's so used to staying at it. Mm-hmm. And I, so I chart everything and I'm not a person that makes a lot of changes based off a of scale weight, but she kept telling herself, like, I'm not going to break this plateau. And I said, how long have you been telling yourself this for? And she's like, well, every time I lose weight. And I said, what's the number again? And I literally went over to her chart and that number has shown up frequently in her graph. And I'm like, we need to break this belief of yours because if you keep telling yourself, I'm not going to break this, I'm never going to get to where I want to be. Well, perfect. Cause that's exactly what you're getting. Mm-hmm. So we got to change the belief because it's not going to be the diet. It's not going to be the training and it's not going to be the cardio. Cause mm-hmm. if we keep changing that, you're going to be exactly where you are in about three months from now, if not back to where, you know, you were when you started, because you are the woman that you identify yourself with as I'm always the woman who can never be where she wants to be and will always be on a diet. That is my identity. That's what I live by. And so every time she starts seeing where she wants to go, self-sabotage sets in because she, she doesn't believe it. She doesn't believe she deserves it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that you even highlight the fact people don't believe that their mindset is the root <laughs> of everything, but if you cannot change your mind, your body will never follow suit. And how do we get people to buy into that idea? How do we, like, what, what are the tools or what are the strategies or what are the questions to ask to probe that? Such an amazing question. And if I have, if I had the answer to actually make that something you could sell, I'd be a millionaire by now. Here's what I've learned is to appreciate my journey in the terms of I, you know, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have, I'm like, don't tell me about no mindset. Give me, give me the diet, give me the training. And so it's like, I have to appreciate where everybody else is and, you know, show them what's possible about, you know, transforming your body. You know, but one of the vehicles that I help people get them to their transformation is mindset. You want the magic pill? It's in your brain. It's right there. And it costs you nothing. So buy it. Because mm-hmm. you can literally brainwash yourself into anything. Because wherever you are right now is because you believe that. You have brainwashed yourself into that. You want a different result? Change your mindset. Become self-aware. Um, I don't try and I tried to sell mindset cause I was like gung ho, like I'm going to merge personal development and health and fitness. That was why I actually left my government career because I saw a need for it. And I'm like, only as a reason have I realized I'm like, Jasmine, you can't sell people what they don't know that they need. You don't go to a pharmacy and say self-help in a pill or mindset coaching or life coaching in a pill, right? You don't, it's always the end result, the desire of what people want. What I find that tends to happen is women, men will come to me for training and nutrition, whatever the goal is, it is. And then their roadblocks, their self-sabotage, their limiting beliefs start to show up. And I'm like, okay, so if you don't want to keep chasing the same goal for the next 15 years, then same 10 pounds over and over again, you know, then we need to address some other stuff because if you really want to transform a transformation, you know, you have to decide, you have to overcome the things that are holding you back. And I'm like, if you want to lose weight, just go on Google and type on how to lose weight. It's people. I think people are actually professional dieters. Everybody knows how to diet. They're just missing the, like the key, the mother key of it all to keep it off or, you know, to build the beautiful, strong fit body that they want. Not everybody wants to lose weight. I have girls who think that they want to lose weight and they come here and they're like, I just want to be fit and strong. And I'm like, then that's what you, that's what we need to create for you. You don't have to be on a diet your whole life and you shouldn't be, you should be enjoying your life. So if I could sell it in a bottle, I would, 
but I find you have to appreciate and love everybody where they're at in their journey. And if they're not ready, that's cool. They're not ready. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know you talk about the four pillars of wellness mm. and the ways that those are interconnected. So let's just tell our audience a little bit more about each of those. Well, if you think about like nutrition, you know, nutrition, what you feed your body, your body responds to, right? You may not see it uh, happening <laughs> physically, but things are happening internally. So if you're eating foods that create a lot of inflammation in your body, you know, the body's responding. Um, you know, also the quality of food. It's not just about eating food to be in a deficit or to put on lean muscle mass. It's like, what are you feeding your body? Because everything works interconnectedly. You know, exercise, exercise, physiology, moving your body creates motion, creates emotion. So those two coincide, right? Also, food affects how you think, how you function, how you heal, how your hormones operate, all of that stuff, your central nervous system, all of it. So, and then we have the, uh, you know, mental and emotional slash spiritual. They're kind of all, you know, interconnected in that one. So it's like a pillar three and pillar four. Like, what do you believe in? How are you taking care of your mental health, your emotional health? You know, what are your relationships like with your family, your friends? You know, those sorts of things. Uh, Emotional and mental health also comes with like, goals. It also comes with uh, finances, those sorts of things, your values, you know, those types of things. Um, Making sure that not just your physical fitness is up, but your mental and emotional fitness. Like, are you able to, you know, cope and deal with, you know, emotional uh, upheavals, you know, in a way that supports you? You know, how do you self-care, self-love, all of those sorts of things. But, Every single one, like nourishing your body is respect. It's self-love. Working out, it's, you know, the same thing. It's self-respect. It's self-love. Your body deserves that. You deserve that. It's not about vanity. Sure, some of it is because every girl wants to look good in a little black dress, you know, and that's okay, you know, but when we treat ourselves well, everything else tends to kind of fall into place. We start attracting more joy and happiness in our life. And it all stems with, with us, whatever you put out, you attract it. You can fight that all you want. It just is. So I just love showing people how I like guiding them there so that they can have more of those moments. And then they tend to believe and they're like, you know what? I kind of want more of that in my life. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that you shared it from that perspective. Now let's say, we're on this path, this beautiful, awesome path of creating these epic pillars, mm-hmm. but we have people or circumstances in our life that just keep on dragging us down. We start to believe in ourselves. We start to be on this path of like, I'm going after it, but we just have people who maybe just bring us down a few pegs. Either they don't believe in us or they tend to bring on the self-sabotaging because of the way that they show up in your life. So how do we, how do we handle that? What do we say? What do we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Yeah, I mean, because we are a product of our environment and how, how much control we give over to people and permission to have influence over our lives is really up to us. And I actually was just having a conversation. Um, I have an inner circle. I was talking to my girls and I'm like, you need people in your life who make you want to, I say calibrate, but level up. You need people in your life that are at least one step ahead of you. If you're not the smartest person in the room, then you need to get into, you know, or if you're, you are the smartest person, you need to get into a room where you aren't the smartest person. Um, you, you should have a mentor, a coach, a friend, somebody who you can be accountable to, to level up because it is so easy to bring yourself down. I used to find myself all the time. It's like, don't show up too loud. Don't be too confident. Don't be too, you know, too uh, intense and passionate because it makes other people, you know, uncomfortable. No, no, no. You need to learn how to rise up against that and bring them up with you. It is hard to be in a room with somebody who's super happy about themselves and their life and happy to see you when you're in a really crummy mood. It normally what ends up happening, you'll start to come up to them. They're, you know, happiness and joy instead of them coming down and being like, Oh, well, I'll just feel like crap with you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And a lot of the times we are tied to those people because it's tied to our comfort zone. You know, uh, I use the analogy a lot being like, you're either the thermostat or you're the thermometer. You know, you want to be the one that's cranking it up. You want to turn the heat up. You don't want to come down and adjust to everybody else. So if you have people in your life, like the, you know, the top five people you surround yourself with, those are who you're going to be like. So if you have people in your life that are, not doing well, aren't emotionally stable, um, you know, want you to sabotage your goals for their own selfish reasons, because they don't want you to get ahead. You need to start, you don't necessarily have to get rid of those people, but maybe you need to be spending more of your time with people who will remind you of what your purpose is to keep pushing forward, who will teach you skills, who will keep you accountable. And at the end of the day, if people don't serve you in your life and where you're going, then you need to look at it and be like, is this person of value to me anymore? And, you know, not everybody's meant to stay in your life for forever. In terms of family, this is a big one that comes up, well, you know, my parents or my sister or my partner. Sometimes we ourselves have to have compassion for where they're at and hold responsibility for ourselves, saying, I'm still going to keep going. You keep watching and I hope you'll join me. Because then you get to be the inspiration. You get to be the motivator. You get to be the one that inspires change. And when you take your eyes off of yourself and you get to be a leader, your self-confidence goes 10 times higher, 10 times higher. Um, Because you've got eyes on you. In terms of people, you know, their opinions and judgment, I always say people are always going to have an opinion. So you just do you. I mean, why would you take on someone else? Because really what you're doing is taking on someone else's beliefs. Why would you want to take on their beliefs, their energy? You ever notice that you go into a room, you're in maybe feeling really, really good, or um, maybe you have some clients and you're, you know, really high energy, you feel amazing. And then all of a sudden you kind of feel down and out, drained and bummed. And you're, you notice that your, your thoughts aren't as good. They're not as clear. They're not of high quality. And you're like, oh my God, why do you may not even realize it, but you've taken on other people's energy. Like maybe they're not having a good day. Maybe they're not happy with themselves. Maybe they're going through something that you don't even know. So that's another big one that I I tell my clients is pay attention, pay attention to other people's energy. You do not need to come down. You got to protect yourself. You got to put yourself in a nice energy bubble, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And it's also understanding, like, can you have compassion for that person and being like, maybe they don't have the tools or the self-awareness, like where are they at at their journey? You know, that kind of stuff. But and sometimes you just going to go, oh, that's nice. And you just walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. it's not. Don't even entertain it. Don't entertain it. Because yeah. I, I often recommend to people, it's when people are judging you or saying what they're going to say, it often has nothing to do with you. They may mm-hmm. have directed it at you. You may have been in a sentence, but it had nothing to do with you. It had completely to do with their belief system and what it is that they have going on in their world. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you talk about the self-development work and being on your own journey. So what I think can be interesting, especially for the women that I work with, is they get on this path of pursuing their fitness goals or pursuing personal development. And their husband or their partner isn't on mm-hmm. that path. So what they try to do is they try to say, read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, do what I'm doing. But I think the best piece of advice that we can give in that case is they're not at that stage in their journey. They're not going to listen to the personal development stuff. You just need to keep on doing your own path. They will either be inspired by you and follow suit when they're ready, but trying to push it down their throat is not going to make them change. It's almost going to do the opposite. (laughs) Like human nature tends to not want to be told what to do. We like Mm -hmm. to make our own decisions. So have you seen that kind of be the case for the women that you work with too? Yeah, uh, for sure. And I would give them the exact same advice as you. I would just say, you know, be the inspired, the inspired action. Just keep doing you because what ends up happening is if you live in the same household and it's you and your husband and you keep showing up, you keep showing up, show the vulnerability, show the struggles, but to say, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Guess what? It becomes addictive. It becomes inspiring and motivating. And they're like, oh man, I need to step up, but 
Uh, one thing that I love to also add for advice is, yeah, don't shove it down their throats. Be inspirational. Keep showing up, doing you. Uh, is always invite them. Invite them along. You know, just like like you would a friend. Hey, I'm going to the gym. You want to come? No? Okay, cool. Awesome. No judgment. No judgment. Just keep opening the door. I read this. I read this book. If you're interested, I'll just leave it here. No? Cool. Or this podcast or anything. And if you're going to offer something, maybe just offer like, you know, if there's a, a five minute inspirational video or two minute, you know, just small little information to consume, you know, or try this new food. If you don't like it, awesome. Just always opening the door for opportunity because one day they might just say, okay, mm-hmm. no, they might just show up for themselves. Yeah. They just love them where they're at, love them where they're at, but you cannot come down. You got to keep doing you because if you don't, that's when resentment comes in. That's when anger comes in. That's when communication breaks down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the best thing you can do for your partner is just do you and, you know, keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Now, am I right in that you and your husband, do you guys work together? Yeah. Yeah. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And, and I don't believe it was always the case, right? Because you were in corporate prior to. So what made you decide that this is what you guys were going to do and how has this transition all unfolded for you? Yeah, actually it was, it was his idea. So I had wanted to leave my, my career for about five years. Um, a couple of things happened where I couldn't and, but I always craved to push that ceiling you know, I loved my job. I loved it. I was really good at it, but I just felt like I was ready for my next journey. And, uh, so he kind of opened the opportunity at the door for me because he himself had been in the industry for 25 years. And, um, you know, he has done this for years and I was like, all right, well, this kind of makes sense. So it literally, uh, went from, we're going to do this in six months to, I, gave two weeks notice, no money saved, no plan B and walked out of a 12 year career with my pension, all of that security that we say that we wanted. I was like, I don't even care. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So he, he gave me the opportunity and we just ran with it. And Oh, it's like, what, what was more challenging becoming an entrepreneur, leaving my my government job or learning how to be a business partner and be in a, you know, in a relationship at the same time. And how do you separate those two? And how do you take two fiery, passionate people? One's a dreamer. One's more like logical type A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how do you make those relationships work? Mm-hmm. Very interesting journey. Very, very interesting journey. And it's like so tough, but it's so awesome at the same time. Maybe I don't think that while well, the tough part is what we're going through, but now it's been uh, crazy, 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 crazy. I don't think, I don't think I would have ever anticipated it, the journey being this way. And I try not to think about it. I just kind of roll with it now. I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no idea what else is coming next. So no, I think we're finally in that spot though. Now it's about two and a half two, about two and a half years where we've kind of found our groove. We're in our groove. So you know, two and a half years that you got to pay a lot of patience for just finding that component to figure out how he works, how I work, how we support each other. Do we coach together? Do we coach, you know, differently or separately? And just a lot of different hats, a lot of failures, uh, and a lot of compassion and patience for each other. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, who is super inspiring to me in that space as well is the owners of quest nutrition. Do you listen to their podcast? Tom mm-hmm. and Lisa? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. They love their energy. Very, uh-huh. very They're And they're so strong separate, but so powerful together. Mm-hmm. And they have so many great insights in terms of relationship theory. And I think they talk a lot about what your, mentioning there as well Jasmine is like putting on one hat and then putting on another hat whether you're in the business or whether you're in the relationship which I I think it's so important to decipher the two versus trying to wear all the hats all the time (laughs) yeah yeah and you also too like 
it's not just the relationship between yourselves, it's the relationship with yourself. Like you're, you know, in this particular circumstance, like I had to shed an identity of corporate and these rules and, you know, everything was this way and type A. And that's why I loved it too, because it was like Mm -hmm. right up my alley. Mm -hmm. And with entrepreneurship, it's a little bit different. And you start going like, oh my God, like you start questioning yourself and like, am I meant to do this? And I have to be, you know, a coach. Then I have to be in a relationship. Then I have to be a business owner. Then I'm an accountant and a marketing and advertising. And oh my God. And then you're managing like, you know, so many people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's my name again? I can't remember. Like, who am I? Yeah. But, yeah. You literally learn. You Like, if you think you have pushed your limits in any aspect of your life, like it just keeps next leveling. It just keeps next leveling. And if you don't feel that resistance in growth, you, but you feel that resistance in like self-sabotage, like I encourage you to step out of that comfort zone because there's still resistance there. You have to learn how to utilize it to push you forward rather than to, you know, suppress you and close you up and succumbing to, you know, mediocrity or your fears. Cause it's still there. You just got to learn how to be like, Oh, that resistance is reminding me that I'm growing and I actually need that. Cause if you don't feel anything, then you aren't being challenged and you aren't learning anything new. Mm-hmm. That's your comfort zone. Learn to be uncomfortable, get addicted to being uncomfortable. Cause I, one thing for me that I notice is like, if I'm not taking some baby actionable step, like even the smallest thing showing up towards my goal in some way, shape or form that's for my higher purpose, I already, I feel it. I can feel that I want to close up. I want to shrink up. And I start, you know, coming down on myself because I, what I really want to do is show up for myself. You know, mm-hmm. I really, I really believe that. And every, I find every so often you kind of hit that nice comfort level and you're like, this is a nice place. And oftentimes I have to ask myself, I'm like, am I comfortable or am I happy? Because if I'm happy, that's different. If I'm comfortable, Why? Why am I being comfortable? Am I justifying where I'm at right now? Be like, oh, this is good. I don't need to grow anymore. No, if you're not growing, then you're probably going backwards. So yeah, but you don't always have to be on either. Like a lot of self-care, a lot of downtime, a lot of just being and feeling through things. That was a big lesson for me. Stop doing, just be. Mm-hmm. Huge for a type A. Um, but that's uh, that's another hurdle is like being uncomfortable with just like how you're talking about kicking back, giving yourself that permission to just like, can I just humanize myself for a minute, please? Can I just like shave my legs or whatever I need to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the way that you described the happy versus comfortable. I think that's such a beautiful question to be asking ourselves. Now, Jasmine, I like to wrap up things um, with a couple final questions here. So first is, where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? For sure. So, of course, on Instagram. So at Jazz Perks. And then I also have a Her Inner Circle on Facebook. Uh, There's about 250 women in there. So you can come and find us at Her Inner Circle. And then I'm also on Facebook, Jasmine Perks. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. What would you say is lighting you up the most these days? I'm in a massive self-discovery phase myself right now. Massive. So um, learning to take that resistance of comfortability and pushing past my threshold because I know there's greatness on the other side and I'm learning to challenge myself on a whole new level. So it never stops. It never stops. The journey always continues. And um, yeah, I'm just on my next little brinking point. So working through it, challenging myself and um, excited to see where it unfolds. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I want to thank you for showing up today and sharing all the valuable pieces of information. Now, our final question is, how would you like to be remembered? Mm, I always get stumped on these, like these last questions. Ah, how would I like to be remembered? Um, it's kind of like inspiring, but impactful, like a woman, like who, who went for it, who really went for it and took people along with her and helped them step into their greatness. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm excited (laughs) to see what the next couple decades bring for you as you continue with all of the wonderful things that you're doing, Jasmine. And again, I want to thank you for today's time and we will catch you. I'm sure somewhere along the way that sometimes I think that the 
this whole space is very big, but the more often that we start getting out and intermingling, the more we realize that it's a lot smaller than what we actually think. So I'm sure we'll cross paths. Absolutely, girl. Thank you so much for this opportunity and connecting with me. Wonderful. You have yourself a great weekend. You too. Bye. And that's a wrap in today's episode. Thanks again for joining me, guys. I will be making my pro debut at the UFE World Pro Championships in just a couple days. And holy smokes, I'm freaking excited. I was down and out, super sick last week, kind of went through the household. My son was sick, my hubby was sick, but we're on the other side of that. I'm feeling fantastic and I'm ready to represent Canada with strength. I know that the show is going to bring an absolutely amazing caliber of athletes and I cannot wait. So if you want to grab tickets and come and join me at the World Pro Championships, I want you to head on over to ufeshows.com, get yourself some tickets and I will be competing at 6 p.m. in the evening pro championships and then I have a couple of gals that I trained that will be competing in the morning in the elite division. So guys, as always, know that I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support and we'll catch you next week for our one year anniversary episode. Guys, I'm on a really big mission here and I want to transform 1 million lives, but I need your help. I can't do it alone. I want you to take this episode, share it with just one person. Maybe it's a friend or a family member or maybe a coworker, just one person who could really benefit from the information in this week's episode or perhaps a previous episode. That is how we create impact. That is how we get this movement going. That's how we take people from feeling tired and just not having a fulfilled life and we put them into fulfilling their full potential. So I challenge you guys to share this with just one person. It would mean the world to me. And as always, head on over to iTunes, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. They come out every single Thursday. That is my commitment to all of you guys so that you guys can continually grow, expand, and fulfill your full potential. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Lots of love. Ange.